three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only, Asher, Asher Chua. It's recording. There's <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. No problem, problem at all. But I I agree with you there. But I like I like what your shirt says. Not the dad bod. It's the father figure. <laughs> man, you know what? Uh, nobody knows where this shirt out. came from. What's nobody, that? Nobody knows where this shirt came from. Where did it uh, come from? No, I don't know. It, it popped up in the mail one day. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I thought my wife may have ordered it, and yeah. um, she said, "No, I didn't. I didn't order that." And so I was I was waiting on somebody to hit me and be like, hey, did you get the gift I sent? Right. And it's my size and everything. And it had my name on it. It was two TJ. So right. I, I just rolled with it. That's hilarious. It's like it, it showed up, had your name on it, fits you like might as well wear it. Yeah. But it's a cool shirt. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Uh, like I said I, I am a proud father. So that's yeah. why I'm a roll with it. That's good. The uh, I know we just met through the the uh, morning meetup, David Shan's group, and yeah. I was curious how did you how did you hear about it or how did you decide to jump on it? Uh, it's two people that I know that was already in it, but I didn't know they was in it. Mm. And uh, one is a uh, I don't know if you know Jamesia. She's in real estate, and I actually yeah. met Jamesia through another uh, you say course class that we was doing together. Okay. And uh, she highly recommended it. And uh, the other one is Keon, uh, Smooth and Groove. He does the maybe heard his. I maybe heard his name. I I, yeah, you, I was out. I, I just got back in this January, like actually logging in and um, yeah. He, uh, you 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 will hear Keon's name pretty often because uh, gotcha. him and Dave they play basketball together. And <laughs> Keon actually works out at my cousin's gym in McDonough. And I was just like, you know, what do you think about the group? And he was like, man, I love it, join. And that's really all the validation I needed right there. And luckily I got in when it was like $59. So I got grandfathered in because mm-hmm. now, you know, the price keeps going up and, and rightfully so, right. because it, it it helps out a whole lot. Yeah, the, the uh, I guess would have been some things that, that you kind of gained from it so far. Like, man, it's a, the shorter list would be what I haven't. Uh, <laughs> for for me, is it, I think it's a gift and a curse because you start your day off and you're boom, you're mm-hmm. you're pumped and you're ready right, to go. Right. But I think what you have to do is actually take the group a step further. And I know for me, I, I have uh, Jamisi and I have uh, a lot of other people that mm-hmm. you need that energy to carry you throughout the day. Gotcha. And you need that accountability. So okay. you have that accountability in the morning mm-hmm. and it's great. And you're pumped up and you're ready to go and you get all this energy and knowledge. Mm-hmm. But when one o'clock hits, when two o'clock hits, right. now what? <laughs> you know, <because laughs> you might need that five hour back. energy. Yeah, you can go right back into, into not being disciplined. not So you have to get people in the group or from the group or, or not even from the group, just in life. That's gonna help carry that energy throughout. But uh, the whole disc assessment that we took, I think that was pretty accurate of me. <laughs> so uh, it is. I think Dave is, is 
he's in his lane and he does yeah. a really good job at conveying conveying why you're not where you want to be and mm-hmm. kind of and i like the way he does it because it's a way that i do it mm-hmm. it's uh i'm not gonna tell you you're messing up i'm yeah. gonna have you answer answer some questions and you're gonna tell yourself that you're messing <laughs> up right and that's what i love man because i can relate to that and that's what I do to people. I'm not going to sit up here and, and bash you. Right. I'm going to ask you what made you think that. And you're going to tell yourself why why you did that. And if you tell yourself why you did that, you're going to better understand it yourself versus, right. you know, somebody just telling you you messed up. Got you. So what what's your uh, what's your background in? And believe it or not, I worked in a mine for 11 years. OK, you're the first and, miner uh, I've ever met. Man, it was rough. Uh, it was day shift, night. It was rotate shift. It was day shift, mm-hmm. night shift, weekends, holidays. Um, it they could throw you on the schedule whenever they wanted to, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was cool when I was a bachelor. It wasn't really cool, <laughs> but it was. I could do it because I really right. didn't have responsibilities, mm-hmm. and uh, and it rotated to a way where you would be off seven days like straight. So. It, and people gotcha. thought that was cool. And I'm like, that, yeah. that really sucks. Right. Because you've been on this night shift and then it takes you probably three days to get acclimated. Yeah. And then you're off during the time everybody else is at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go back <laughs> to work on a Friday night. Right. It sucks. And so it's like, no, it, it sounds cool, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. And then you may be planning something. So it would be, say you plan to go out, go out of town on a Saturday. They could yeah. throw you on a schedule on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh, well, no, you got to work Saturday. And it's, it, it got to the point to where, you know, I got married, had a kid, and it was starting to become unfair to them. It was times where it was Christmas and my wife would have to, to go over to friends' houses because I would have to work on a Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas night or something like that. Ooh. And it got to a point to where I never wanted to miss out on something that my son was doing. And and maybe maybe it's a little unfair to my wife, but is we we're we're all driven mm-hmm. by something. Right. And what drives me is my son. Like that's right. what drives me. I'm uh, it, and when it was just me and her, you know, I really didn't have the drive to leave like I did with my son, Mm -hmm. because now it's like, well, okay, now I have both of y'all and both of y'all need my time. And I told her, I said, man, give me two years and I'm going to come up with something different. And I actually did it in nine months. So that was that was kind of just my drive to to leave because it got to a point to where I hated going. I hated going to that place to the point to where it, it was actually it was actually unfair to both equally. Mm-hmm. But I think the drive itself, it came from, OK, I was seeing her. I was seeing her have to do everything with him by herself. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me. It was I never forget. It was one Thanksgiving. I had to go into work and mindset is so powerful, man. It would it was we're out there at work on Thanksgiving night and is no knock at all to the people that work out there. It's yeah. just simple mindset. Right. The people who worked out there just accepted it and was like, hey, we have to work. Right. You know, I would like to be at home with my family, but I got to work. Right. And I think that night my mindset just changed to the point to where it was, nah, dog, I gotta hell no, nah, I gotta do something different. Because I just seen my wife. I remember I, I never ever forget this this day. Mm-hmm. She had planned to go see her aunt. 
and her aunt lives like maybe 20 minutes away. Right. And her aunt's son, her cousin, had came in town and some some plans changed. Mm-hmm. And, to, and so her aunt was actually getting ready to leave on Thanksgiving and not the day after Thanksgiving. Right. So she was just kind of here by herself with the kid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I seen the look on her face to where she was just not defeated, yeah. but just like, damn, this can't be life. Right. You know? <laughs> and I remember I was driving to work and I was like, you know what? Uh, enough is enough. Like that's. And, and when I say my son changed it, mm-hmm. it was because my son added a different dynamic to everything that was going on. Right. So now it just wasn't her feeling that way. It was her and my son. So now I have two people out here in the world. It's just kind of like, you know, everybody else is with their family right? And, and TJ has to work. And so I remember being out there that night on Thanksgiving night. And I was like, man, I just don't see how y'all accept this shit. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I really just don't see, I, and maybe it's me, it's nothing wrong with it because you're exactly right. You have to work and provide for your family, right? but you can, that can go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. You can listen to the people out there yeah. and accept the fact that they're accepting it. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Or you can go left and change it yourself. Right. And, you know, just read something on my mirror a second ago, man, the best way to predict the future is by creating it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yo, this I'm changing it right now. And I remember that's when I came home that morning. I said, I told her, give me two years and this will change. Mm. And like I said, I did it in nine months. Right. So that happened in November. I left that job in June. So Mm. seven months. Oh, yeah. Nine months, probably. So roughly. And uh, I I got to the point to where I was getting in my car. I hated going. Like, man, I hated it. I hate I. I hated it to the point to where when I came home, I had to sit in my car in my truck and and decompress for like 10 minutes before I go in. And I remember it would be some mornings I would just be out there in my truck and she would come outside. And I don't know if she probably thought I was talking to another girl or or what, but she was (laughs) like, why are you just sitting in the car? Like, why why you just you need to come in the house? Little do she know Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to leave all that stuff. You trying to leave work at work. Yeah, I'm trying to leave work at work. Like uh I'm chilling. Let me decompress because if I come in this house yeah. with work, we're gonna hate each other. Right. <laughs> so let me leave work at work, right? Mm-hmm. And when it got to that point, man, I knew it was time because it was I, I love the people that, that I was working with, but uh it it, it was time because it yeah. got to the point to where man, I, I truly one thousand percent hated getting in my truck going right and then it got to the point to where i just didn't care mm-hmm. and when i got that first check because uh, i started out wholesaling mm-hmm. real estate yeah and i made twenty four thousand dollars in one week and, and when i got that yeah when, when, and but you know how how we are we got debt and everything else to pay for us. so <laughs> that 24 went it went down real quick just catching back up right but the thing about it is when you're an entrepreneur I, I I hate describing it like this, but it's the best way I can describe it from coming from where I come from. Mm-hmm. Being an entrepreneur is like being a drug dealer, mm-hmm. especially in real estate, because in real estate, money comes to you in chunks, right. but it also leaves in chunks too. And you have those moments to where you can find house after house after house after house for probably a month straight. Mm-hmm. And then you had those moments where you would go three months and you won't have nothing. That's that's drought season. Right. <laughs> so so and and it was crazy because it was like, dang, I just made 
$24,000 in one week. If I double dog dare y'all to say something to me at this job, I'm out. Right. I, I, I want you to say something. <laughs> like I triple dog dare you to say something to me. I'm yeah. out. And uh, but it's crazy because that's where the gift and the curse comes in at because now you know you can make that money. Mm-hmm. Now you start taking chances that you probably shouldn't take, right? But you know you can get it back because you've already done it. Mm-hmm. Now it gets even more complicated when you do that two or three times over. Like, dang, I dug myself in a hole, but I got myself out. I dug mm-hmm. myself in a hole, but I got myself out. And that's the difference between, I think, nine to five and entrepreneurship is that if you have a $10,000 credit card debt mm-hmm. and you work at nine to five, you in panic mode. Right. Because it's like you can't nine to five your way out of that mm-hmm. because interest is going to eat you up. Yeah. But when you're an entrepreneur, it's like, I can make this 10 and I can make this 10,000 in a month or two. Right. Because there's no cap to what you can make. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not knocking nine to fives, but I think the number one thing is you have to you have to identify what your freedom is. Yeah. For me, it was being around being around from for my family because I seen them on Thanksgiving and Christmas frustrated. Right. And to me, going to that job, I, I felt locked up. So I had to identify my freedom, man. And it was that. And yeah. so but now you have to build on top of that. Right. So now I have real estate. Mm-hmm. And real estate is going great. But now you have to transition that to stocks. Why? Because you can have a time like this where people ain't paying rent. Right. Or you don't know where where real estate is going. But one thing's for sure, stocks is gonna always be there. So you have to diversify yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh and and I tell my son, my son is three, and I tell my son this even now at three, if you always know how to make money, you'll never be broke. Mm-hmm. So some people will say, Man, you're doing too much. Let, uh, you know, you need to learn everything you can about real estate before you go into stocks or before you go into Forex. Mm-hmm. Take people's opinion at their opinion. Right. Because the number one thing I think people mess up at is you don't need somebody to see your vision for you mm-hmm. to see it. They're giving you their opinion based off what they can do. Mm-hmm. So if they can't do X, Y, Z, A, B, and C right. at the same time, that's on them. If you think you can do it, mm-hmm. do it. Always dream big, man. And uh, because I, I hear people all the time, well, you know, uh, if you if you have a plan B, you take it away from plan A. Not really, mm-hmm. because Coca-Cola has how many products? Mm-hmm. Pepsi has how many products? Sony has how many products? Amazon has how many Amazon products? Right. When Amazon made the, the fire stick, did that take away from them making the dot? Did that take take away from them making um, everything else that Amazon makes? Mm-hmm. When Coca-Cola made Coke, did that take away from them doing everything else that's a Coca-Cola product? Right. No. And like I said, you, you have to take an opinion as an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I always relate everything to sports. And you have to be the head coach yeah. of your life. Now, I have people who I deem very close to me in my circle, but they're all assistants. No disrespect, right? but I'm an assistant in your life. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not the head coach of your life, <laughs> right? So don't take that as, as offense. It's like, no, but in my life, mm-hmm. you're just a defensive coordinator. You're just an offensive coordinator. That's all you are. Right. I'm, I'm going to make the final decision. So, and, and you have to understand that. 
because I remember going back to that first real estate deal. Well, it was actually two mm-hmm. real estate deals that, that got me that. I came up with that conclusion because I went to two people who I deemed knew more than me at that point in time, mm-hmm. like two and a half years ago now. And I remember if I would have listened to them, I would have left $10,000 on the table mm. because they all told me you would never get that much for that house. Your price is too high. Mm. And in my heart of hearts, I just felt like, nah, man, this price is right. I don't know as much as y'all know about real estate, but I feel that this price is right. And I'm putting it out there for that. Right. Long story short, even the price that I was going to put it out there at was still too low. I would have made I would have made six thousand dollars less actually. So number one rule in negotiating is whoever names their price first loses. Mm. And the person who bought that house, thank God, Ryan, man, thank God, he said, man, I give you forty four for it. I give you forty four thousand dollars for this house. Crazy thing about it is, yeah, I was gonna tell him I wanted thirty eight thousand dollars for the house, <laughs> <laughs> but. Like there was a learning lesson for me because I was actually reading a book at the time called Never Split the Difference. And yeah. in that chapter, it said, who names the number first loses, right? right? And so I was doing everything to be like, I don't want to say what I want, but if he asks, I'm going to I'm gonna just say it right. because I was new. It was my first deal. I just wanted the deal done. Mm. And uh, But if I would have listened to them and not myself, right. I probably would have resented them to this day. Mm-hmm. And so like I said, man, you have to be the head coach of your life. And now if I said 38 mm-hmm. and, and and he took the 38 and a year later, I realized I could have got 44. I'm not mad at that because I said it. Right. But if I would have said 34 mm-hmm. and he came back and I knew I could have got more and I listened to them, <laughs> oh, I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. Like, don't even say nothing to me ever again. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no. Nah. And so uh, just take control of your life, man, and do things your way. Take opinions yeah. as opinions. Right. I think that, that's and, a good point you made there. Or, go ahead. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really it, man, because even now I know stocks, but I don't know Forex, mm-hmm. but I'm learning Forex, right? Yeah. And what made me learn Forex was attempting to, well, learning, working on learning Forex is I have these two cousins. I have this one cousin. I'll be honest. I don't know if he ever had a nine to five to ever save his life. I don't know. I've never known him to have a nine to five. He's always been an entrepreneur. He's Mm -hmm. a successful entrepreneur. He owns a gym in McDonald, right? Mm-hmm. And he he's all about the empowerment, and, and all my all my family members are, and uh, and so he he sent he created this group text one day, probably about a month ago, and him and his sister, uh, and his daughter actually, we're we're all on the group text, mm-hmm. and so his sister is like, you know, she's making some money. I'm not gonna say what's in her lunchbox, but she's making some money on doing forex, and I'm like, damn, if I can make that if three days a week, my mortgage is paid for, right? Right. And so my cousin, he hears me, he was like, yo, cuz, like, you got to learn this, right? Mm-hmm. And so it goes back to the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. Have, you, have you read yep. the book? I read it. So, well, you, well, you know, in the book, uh, Robert Kiyosaki says he was at the dinner table and one father accepted the conversation of money mm-hmm. and the other father, the poor father, didn't accept the conversation of money, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how when, when they sent me that text, that was the first thing that popped up in my mind. It's like, well, dang, we have all these kids that's around us, right? And you're going to be a product of your environment. So when we get together, even if it's just we take 
three or four hours out of that time was besides us just drinking and eating catfish mm-hmm. and and having a good time. What if we really had a in-depth conversation of money moves? Because mm-hmm. the subconscious mind is always working, especially inside of a child. Yeah. So if they're around us and they hear us talking about money, they're going to be a sponge and just pick it up subconsciously. Like they're not even going to know they're picking it up, right? Right. Right. So how about we make this money conversation, learning new things, learning, hey, we we can get a grant if we do this, or hey, we can do this with forex now, or hey, we can do this stock right here. Right. What if we made that the normal conversation? How does that impact them 10, 20 years from now? Just by us being around having a and normalizing the the conversation of money. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge, man. I, I think that that can really take them to another level. Uh because I'm being honest with myself, my son probably ain't going to college. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm, I'm I'm being honest to the point when when we have to get away from this whole dynamic of go to school, get a good job. Right. I think 2020 was a prime example. Man, I don't think that's the way to go. (laughs) Because even though 2020 was a bad year for some people, it was a good year for me. Okay. And I know people lost people. And I, and man, you have my sincere condolences. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing here's the facts about 2020. There were more entrepreneurs and more millionaires created last year than probably any other year. Mm. Because you had no choice. You got let you got let go from your job. You got the stock market. People knew how to play just the GameStop situation. Mm. Uh it is it 2020, man, I think proved a lot to a lot of people. Right. But now you have to go even more in depth than that. Because Mm. it's why did that become the way that it became? Like for me, I'm gonna always ask the question. What made that happen? Not what happened, right. what made what happened happen. Mm. And if you go back to our lineage and, and our ancestors, mm-hmm. going to school was a forbidden thing. Right. So if you don't know anything and if you have access to nothing, then going to school is your best bet. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's hard for you to get a job, if they say, hey, you need a diploma to get a job. Right. And now we're all getting diplomas. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to change the narrative. Now you need a bachelor's degree to get a job. Right. We all get bachelor degrees. But now they change the narrative again. Well, now you need a master's degree to get a job. Right. Right. Well, dang. When, when does it become the point to where it's like, man, screw that? Because I think. For everybody before us, mm-hmm. it was hard to get their hands on information. Right. And the only way to get their hands on information was to go to school. Right. Because it was just so forbidden for them to do it, right? Right. But now, 2021, I I feel like, and I, I'll take the crucifixion if it comes for me. Uh, but I feel like the only reason you should go to school is for a handful of reasons. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be an engineer in the medical field, in the educational field, uh, if you want to own a bank, mm-hmm. uh, is it's only a handful of reasons why you should go to school. It's only if you want to be in certain fields. If you want to be political, if you want to be a lawyer or something, mm-hmm. then yeah, you have to go to school, mm-hmm. right? Right. But even then, if my son came to me in the 11th grade and he says, Dad, I want to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. I have absolutely no problem with that. But this is what we're going to do. 
Right. I'm going to find the best lawyer in Georgia or, or, or something close to it. And I'm going to say, hey, what needs to be done for my son to spend a summer with you to do a day in a life? So he'll know when he goes to school what a lawyer needs to do. Networking can do way more for you than any degree can. Yeah. So if he does something to where he has to go to school for it. And even yeah. in life, whatever it is he wants to do, I feel like it's my job and his mom's job to put him in the position to be mm-hmm. around the people that's doing it at a high level. Right. Because if not, you're going to go to school and waste a lot of money. Yeah. I, so I was, I was talking with a friend the other day and it was the first time we probably talked in over 10 years. And uh, we went to the same college to start. And we were saying that a big one of the big things we got out of the college was networking, because it's like if we wouldn't have gone, we would have never met met each other. He was in architecture and I did civil engineering and being kind of around the same people being introduced to a friend of ours that I reached out to earlier this week. And uh, he introduced us the same friend that I went to high school with. He introduced us to uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and we ignored it for about five years until after we graduated college and then read it. And it was like, Man, that would have been some helpful information to be like, okay, <laughs> like these are the things that you don't know. And uh, to be, I think it, it speaks to, like you were saying earlier, the mindset you have to have to be able to receive something that you've never had before or be put yeah. in a position where you're so uncomfortable, where it's like, I can't continue to live like this. Because otherwise, like to your point for what you're saying earlier, and it, as you were saying it, I was thinking back to the Richest Man in Babylon book that we went through and going through it for a second time recently um, through the group, one of the points that I got from it was that no matter where you are, if you're in a nine to five or if you're an entrepreneur, you have to learn how to manage your money. Like if you don't have money management, it doesn't matter what job you do. Like you were saying, you could get 20K, 24K in one week, but if you spend it all, it's like you never made anything. It's like you never made it. Right. So I was like, not to discourage anybody, but it's it's definitely one of those things. It's, it's uh, the, I guess the, the main tip or the first tip that kind of comes out of the book is to give you hope is that out of everything you make, a tenth of what you make is yours to keep. I know a lot of people are big on tithing. Yes, go ahead, tithe, donate that, but also consider that a part of what you make is yours to keep. And then you have to look into investing that. And a lot of people do the savings route, which yes, it's good to save, but the same thing as like the college system, the college education is decaying or the quality isn't as good. The banking system isn't as good. Like if you're just going to let your money sit in a banking savings account, you're basically playing yourself. And like, unless you get the education, unless you get around people that are well-versed in that area, it's like, don't go take somebody's advice on money. That's not making money. Like, if somebody's saying, oh, you should do this, or like, I've got this idea, like anytime that I've had somebody approach me with their idea, I've tried not to be dismissive of it, but at the same time, I'm like, that's a good idea. You should you should do that. I'll encourage you to do it, but I'm not getting involved because one, I don't know anything about that. If you think it's going to work, great. The world is yours. Like the world's your oyster. Like go, go. <laughs> Go forth and conquer. But if you're not going to connect with somebody that knows what they're doing and you want to study under them, then don't come to me for like confirmation or for support that I can't provide. And back to what you were saying again with the coaching, it's like starting off this year and really focusing on being the head coach of myself and saying, these are the things that I have to do for me. Like I've got to answer not only 
in building out the podcast, it's like, okay, before I decide where the podcast needs to go, I need to decide where it is that I'm trying to go and kind of figure that out. So I, I commend you on that. And I was curious how, I think you said you started the real estate deal over two years ago. Yeah, like two and a half now, man. Okay. Uh, crazy thing is I was actually at that job and uh dude named but uh, a guy named adrian brown he's actually the same age as me mm-hmm. he was a shift foreman supervisor yeah and uh I, it got to the point it was probably crazy thing is like you were saying it things things are presented in your life and you just kind of never do it right mm-hmm. so i still to this day i maybe you can say I'm, i hold grudges man <laughs> I, I don't know but to this day i i relate everything to sports man yeah uh i remember I still have these messages. I reached out to 13 people mm-hmm. who are here in this area yeah. who I deem is doing pretty well in real estate, right? Right. Man, I didn't get a no thank you. I didn't get a kiss my ass. I didn't get a, hey, I don't have time, but you can ask me a quick question. I got nothing, man. And I reached out to them. Hey, my name's TJ. Uh, I know you're busy, but I was just wondering if I could have a second of your time mm-hmm. too, because I'm starting off in real estate. I uh, was just wondering if I could take you to coffee or lunch or something so you can just kind of help me watch for, for some pit holes, pitfalls here yeah. in, in the area. Man, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was so pissed off about that. And I said, man, I'm going to show y'all. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this without y'all, right? Yeah. And so I remember I was in the in the lab, and uh, it was the the shift foreman switched out at five o'clock, mm-hmm. and, and we got off at six o'clock. And so I was in the lab waiting for six o'clock to hit. This guy by the name of Adrian Brown, while I was saying we're still cool to this day, mm-hmm. and uh, like I say, we're the same age, but he talks like he's a little bit older. He was like, "What's going on with you, fella?" And I was like, "Man, I gotta get the hell up out of here, man." I was like, "I don't know what I gotta do." But man, I got to get the hell up out of here. And he was like, with the real estate stuff? Because I've been going at it for some months to no avail. And I was like, yeah, man. I was like, man, I got to make this work. Like, I have to make this work. Mm -hmm. And he was like, man, I'm going to introduce you to somebody. And he was like, she's the lady. She's helping me with my house. She's helping me sell my house. But she's well diverse in everything in real estate. And I think she probably can help you out, man. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I just went through 13 people and got nothing. Right. <laughs> so my mindset is already like, man, here we go again. <laughs> and I was like, I tell you what, man, give me her number. If she can help me, great. Give me her number. I hit her up. Yeah. He was like, I got you. And so I got off at six, probably about uh, 10 o'clock. He sent me the, he sent me her information. Mm-hmm. I didn't call her. I called her that next night. I was at work. It was probably about six o'clock. I, I just clocked in. I gave mm-hmm. her a call. I got a voicemail and uh, I was like, hey, Tanya, how you doing? This is TJ. Adrian Brown gave me your number. Boom, 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 boom. She didn't call me back until the next morning. So mm-hmm. here we are two days after. And I'm like, I don't even know how this is going to go. So she called me at like nine o'clock and she was like, hey, how you doing? And uh, I'm like, who is this? And, I'm, and she was like, hey, it's Tanya. Tanya Smith, man, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine, you know, boom. And we talked and I just told her my vision. And she was yeah. like, well, hey, tell you what. I was like, she was like, well, I have an opening Wednesday. We can meet. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's meet. And I was like, what's good for you? She was like, Panera Bread and Alabaster is probably like 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And man, really, I, that's all I needed. Uh, I just needed to sit down with her and I, I needed her to say, you can do this mm-hmm. because I have failed failed, 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 failed. And I guess her 
because I looked her up, you know, I Googled her and all that stuff. And she, yeah. she's, she's doing really well in real estate. I'm like, this lady says I can do it. And she believes in me that I can do it. And she's willing to help me. Then I can do it. Right. And she invited me to a meetup group. Hmm. I didn't go to the meetup group until probably about five months after she invited me. Mm-hmm. Reason being, because I had to work though. Every, yeah. every time of the meetup group, I had to work a night shift. That's right. And so right. I finally got a chance to go. And I swear, I swear to you, man, I went to that meetup group and it was that following week when I got those two deals, my, my first two deals. Nice. And it's just being in those circles, having that energy, yeah, man, it can project you to so many places. And I, I really don't think people understand the power of having people in your circle yeah. that has that same energy or better energy. Right. I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I get, I don't get off on that. Mm-hmm. I don't care to be the smartest person in the room because then I feel like I'm talking to a bunch of dummies. <laughs> and there's no disrespect, but I, that's how I feel. Like, I would much rather feel like, damn, I'm learning something than feel like y'all don't get it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I'm talking to you and I just feel like, man, you don't get it, <laughs> <laughs> then that's going to frustrate me. Right. Like, I don't want that. Like, I would much rather be in there and be like, okay, I see why you did that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but having having that that validation from, from her, man, and I tell her all the time, even to this day, yeah. I still give her her flowers because I'm like, man, you have no idea. I went through 13 people yeah. and I didn't even get a reply back. <laughs> o- over and what period of time was that? Like talk, like reaching out to those 13 people? Probably within two weeks, man, because yeah. I was so anxious right. to, to get started in the business. And I was just DMing them. Mm. And, you know, on, on the DM, you can see if they seen it or not. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm like... Dang, I would much rather for you to send back an emoji than not. I feel like I feel like, man, not replying is way more disrespectful than anything you can say. Right. You've seen it and you don't reply. Mm -hmm. That's way more disrespectful than anything. Right. And I just put LOL, even though if you're not laughing out loud, just put LOL (laughs) or something like that. To me, dog, that's the biggest form of disrespect. Right. And maybe I shouldn't take it that personal, but I'm like, eh. I'd much rather you spit in my face, man, and just like look at it and just deem me not that important to reply to. Right. So, but uh, but yeah, and, and I still know them people. I, I still <laughs> I still got a list. Gotcha. I do, man. Maybe I shouldn't, I but mean, I got a list. Have you tried to reach back out to them since since you uh connected with John? Here's the crazy thing. Like, if I'm wholesaling properties, mm-hmm. I have the properties up there. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been a few of them who have hit me for the property. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah, man, I love that property. Like, where is that property located at? Don't worry about it. Mm. I don't I don't reply to them. Mm. So that's just how I feel, man. Maybe I shouldn't be that way. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because one of the biggest lessons I learned from uh, Jay Prince's book, The mm. Art of Science of Respect, there's a chapter in there where he says, even if I don't like you, I can do business with you mm-hmm. because I'm never going to let my emotions get in the way of me making money. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe one day I'll get there, but that's actually the biggest lesson I took from that book. Right. And I still be like, man, F y'all. And, here, and now I'm two and a half years removed from that, but yeah. that's just my... That, hey, that's bro. just my personality, man. 
you're on your way. And I, I think that that speaks volume for you to be able to say, I'm not there yet. Maybe I'll get there, but not right now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it, it still has that sore spot, but you're, you're thinking like, like, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm still, it's still there, but I'm going to still work my process. And, and I guess not to keep quoting books from the morning meetup, but like going through the slight edge, I was thinking as soon as you said, um, you're a shift foreman, whenever he introduced you to her, and then you guys finally connected, you went to the group and then you got your deals. It's not, I guess a lot of times people will say, oh, it's kind of like the lottery. You just had that, like the quantum leap. All of a sudden you had that like 24K, like probably biggest check you get in, in a week, just like that. But then it's like, no, you got to remember everything that you put into that. You got to remember how your kids were looking at you, how your wife was looking, just being her and, and your son when you have to work all those times. And then what drove you to talk with your cousin or no, your cousin's in Forex, but what drove you to get into the real estate, reaching out to the people, doing your own research and even interacting um, with Mr. Antonio before he introduced you to her because he already knew that you were dealing with the real estate. So it's like all those steps over that period of time, whether it was two weeks, two months, two years, like all that led into that. So it wasn't just like you didn't get lucky. It's like somebody nah. saw what you were doing and you kept pursuing. Like you failed, you got back up. You failed, you got back up. One person ghosted you, 13 people ghosted you and you said, okay, I'm still going to try it. And I, that's very important. Yeah. And, and I think I think that comes from, uh, you're, you're exactly right. And, and to me, the grand scheme of it all is just, you're attracting it, the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you can't just say a prayer and sit on the couch mm -hmm. and, and hope that that what you pray for falls in your lap, right? Right. You you have to pray and, and, and man, you, you hit something, you hit something real deep. It's like you have to remember how they was looking at you. And you know, I've never done that. I've done yeah. a whole lot of stuff, man, but I never went back to that moment on on looking at the look on their face. I never done that, man. Yeah. Because and, and I'm going to, I appreciate that. Because the one the hard one of the hardest things as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is the discipline to keep doing it over and over again. Right. Because it's so easy to get complacent. Yeah. It's so easy to get a check and be like, man, you know, I ain't doing nothing today. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gotta do nothing today. Right. <laughs> right. And man, it's so like when people ask me what's the hardest part, I always say discipline. Mm. And I tell I tell people all the time, I hate working from home. Mm. I hate it because it's so many distractions. Yeah. And uh, but you're exactly right, man. I appreciate that. That's something that uh, I like playing on my own psyche, mm -hmm. and that's something that you have to remember those times, man. You yeah. have to remember that that hatred that I had going out there <laughs> because, man, there was times I didn't sleep, literally. Yeah. I was doing 12-hour shifts. I would come home. I would get on the phones from about uh, 8 a.m. Well, no, I would go to the gym from 6.30 to 8.30. Then from about 8.30 to like 2 o'clock, yeah. I would get on the phones, like just trying to call people. And then if I had to go look at a property, yeah. I would get in my car and go look at the property. It was sometimes, I man, golly, I, I'd never forget the times when I, would, I wouldn't go to sleep until like three o'clock. Yeah. And then the people, they have normal work hours. They would be mm. like, well, I can meet you at the property at five o'clock. Mm. So then I get maybe two hours of sleep right. because I got to look at this property because I need this property to get up out of this job. Right. <laughs> and so I remember I would be wearing my work stuff and I had I had this little cheap polo shirt I had made that had Haney Enterprise on it. Mm -hmm. And I would throw the, the, the polo shirt on real quick. 
and hop out with my clipboard and I'm looking at my watch the whole time, right? Yeah. And so if you know anything about real estate and negotiating a deal, you're probably going to be there for 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get this deal, it's probably going to be a 40 minute to an hour process. You're not just going to walk in there in 15 minutes. They're going to sign a contract with you. Not happening. And so I remember I was getting this contract signed, man. I'm looking at my watch. Like, I'm just keep looking at my watch. And I'm not trying to rush them. Right. Because I need this deal. Right. But I also got to be to work in like 10 minutes. Right. It's it's going to look bad of you showing up late to your job. And it's like, I know you want to get up out of here, but you might get out of here earlier than you thought. That that point system is still going. No matter if you're trying to leave or not, you're still getting that point system. (laughs) And so, man, I remember those times, man. It was hell. Yeah. Man, it was hell, man. But is it was those disciplines of wanting to get up out of there mm-hmm. to where now, okay, I'm gone. So I don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. I don't have to stay up 18 hours, you know, mm-hmm. or will work 18 hours. Uh, but honestly, if there's a such thing as a se- secret sauce, that's actually it, is tapping into how bad do you really want to accomplish this? Right. And back then, it was my livelihood. That's how bad I wanted to accomplish that because it was my livelihood. Mm-hmm. And now I have to tap into everything else because life isn't bad. It's not where I want it to be, but it's so easy to get complacent and be like, man, we straight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bills are paid. We cool. Yeah, we, we, we good. I ain't yeah. doing nothing today. But now I'm cheating them, mm. right? Because it's like, well, you know, we, you ain't working. Why well, we got to go to work? <laughs> <laughs> now, lo, lo and behold, I ain't working. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, you, it, I, I appreciate you giving me that little nugget because that's something else I can put in my toolbox yeah. on why, why, why you got to keep going, man. Because it's so easy. Golly, man, it's so easy to get complacent. Yeah. And people think it's that easy too. People think, Oh man, you do whatever you want to do. That's that that can be further from the truth. Right. That's the furthest thing from the truth that I can do what I want to do. I guess the truth of the matter is uh-huh. a person who works a nine to five, they have way more time than I do. Yeah. Because you know your schedule. Right. I don't know my schedule, right? So just like I have this call, this call with you. So yesterday at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. I knew what I was going to do yesterday at 9 p.m. Everything mm-hmm. that I thought I was going to do today yeah. got switched all the way around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now I have to do this and this and this when I thought I was going to do this and this and this. Right. So my day, my day changes. My day changes in the middle of the day sometimes mm-hmm. because I could call somebody on the phone and be like, hey, can I look at your property tomorrow? And be like, no, nah, you can't look at it tomorrow, but you can look at it today. Mm-hmm. All that just got switched. Yeah. <laughs> So now it's like, well, dang, when do I look at the news for trading? When do I look at the forex courses? Yeah. When do I spend time with my wife and son? When do I, yeah. you know, is things need done around the house? So a person who works in nine to five has way more time than I have. Right. But I think that's a choice that you have to make. And I think it was the morning meetup group when somebody said time is not money. And that's exactly right. Time is not money. Mm-hmm. Just the same as knowledge is not power. Like you can't get rich working a nine to five. Right. Hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you can't. Yeah. There's no way you're going to get rich working a nine to five. You was exactly right when you said having a savings account is almost like a scam. Almost. Yeah. You need a cash reserve. Right. But it's not the savings that it was in 1980. Right. So I think for people, man, if you understand that you're selling your time, 
I have absolutely no problem with it. But you have to also understand that, hey, the people working the job is not going to get rich. The people who pay the people who to work the job are the ones getting rich. Right. So if you have that understanding and you're cool with that understanding mm-hmm. and you understand that I just put a price on my time because time is not money. Right. The only time time becomes money is when I say, hey, I have eight hours today, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to give me $20 for each one of those hours. Mm-hmm. That's the only time time becomes money. Right. Hey, I have... 10 hours a day for you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the month, I'm going to need $7,000. Yeah. You just sold your time. Mm-hmm. You deemed your time to be of that value. Right. The thing about it is you're not going to get rich that way. Right. Now, the, the 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 difference in that is if that's your freedom, mm-hmm. if your freedom doesn't involve you being rich, cool. Right. My freedom does. If your freedom is man, I just want to have a structured work life mm-hmm. and I just want Saturday and Sunday off. That's right. it. And I will have freedom in my life. Yeah, Man, that's great. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, I would never ever say there's anything working with working a job. I would just say, understand, have, have a, a clear vision of what you want your freedom to be. Mm-hmm. Because your freedom doesn't have to be rich. Money isn't everything. Yeah, Money is not everything, man. But- Money is a tool that can help get you everything that you ever wanted. So if you're cool with that, man, great. But for me, me exchanging my time for money mm-hmm. made no sense to me. So mm-hmm. I had to create something different. But if you can clock in and clock out yeah. and have the life that you want, mm-hmm. that's great. But also understand that you're not going to be rich that way. Yeah. And this is what I don't like. I, I, I compare it to this. I compare it to the girl who cuts her hair mm-hmm. and then go gets weave. Makes absolutely no sense to me. Why did you cut your hair if you was gonna go get weave, mm-hmm. right? Now, I compare this. You're working a job, yeah. you don't care about being rich, mm-hmm. but you play the lottery. Mm-hmm. That makes absolutely no sense to me because you don't care about getting rich, but you're giving your money away trying to get rich. <laughs> on, on luck versus <laughs> on an educated strategic move. Right. When, man, we have access to so much information now Yeah. to where uh, I know this one guy, He he's actually giving away uh, stocks for under $10. Mm. People think you need a lot of money to get involved in stocks. Man, let's take the GameStop uh, fiasco, for instance. Yeah. Stocks is this. Mm-hmm. It's not the ability to foresee the future. Is having information before everybody else has the information. Mm-hmm. So is this this company or this I guess thread on Reddit, uh, Wall Street bets mm-hmm. is power in numbers because they came together and said, "Hey, we're tired of these hedge funds running up or, or running down these stocks and making all this money. Right. What if we all get together?" And we buy GameStop and we drive the price up. The billionaires are going to lose money mm-hmm. and we can get rich. Yeah. Why African-Americans can't do that? That's that's a good question. But I guess to to your point, I've heard this question from multiple people. And I'm, I always try to get away from that connotation because one thing that I, I dislike is grouping. Because I, I find that too many times people group people. Because, I mean, it's easy to see people. It's like, okay, in general, they say, okay, African-Americans have this tendency. Amer- uh, whites have this tendencies. This group 
group, that group, and the other. And I feel like too many times people keep repeating that same narrative. It just keeps reinforcing something that's not true. It's like, although that might be what you see, it's like, unless you're exposed to people like yourself, other African-Americans that are doing it, that are aware of that, then you won't be asking, why are they doing this? But how can I learn? Like, what is it that they're not doing? And what is it that I need to be doing? Because then it's like, whenever I see people make the broad blanket statements, it's always putting the ownership on somebody else. It's like the best way that you can change the world is to change yourself because you're not going to go end world hunger. You're not going to go end poverty. You're not going to go clean up the, uh, the ecosystem. I mean, you might, but if you don't have yourself put together, you're going to die trying. And some people, they feel like, oh, that's a sense of martyrism. It's like, in some cases, you could be a martyr, you could be like a philanthropist, but if you're an idiot in doing it, you're an idiot. Like, yes, somebody might pat you on the back and say, good job, but if you didn't bother to do the basics, then the onus falls on you. And I say that not to insult anybody. And, I'm, and as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. And to take it back to what you're saying about the point with your son, and, and your wife that resonated with me because when you were saying it I was like oh I remember that specific date when I saw the look in my mom's eyes December 27 or 2016 um Christmas like the end of like Christmas Eve just seeing like the look on her face the defeat the like when is this going to change and like just seeing that and having joined Breathe University before I got into the morning meetup getting around people and being like okay there are people out here doing this that look like me that don't look like me, but they have a certain mindset. And I think it all starts in the mindset where you could be working. Like for me, I had a similar similar thing on the job where I did non-destructive testing. We went to paper mills and power plants and I worked a couple of night shifts as well. And there was one day I was in my last semester doing a co-op and I remember it to this day. It's the moment when I decided to look into the motivation space, look into the personal development space, look at the rich dad, poor dad book that was suggested to me because it came up again through a video and I was sitting there with a grinder in my hand cleaning boiler tubes knocking off the rust or all the uh the refrag and dirt that gets on these tubes because you got to inspect them so I'm in this building that's like 120 140 feet tall I've got to clean like a couple hundreds of these and then you've got to take readings on them and the whole time that I'm sitting there cleaning this I'm sitting there thinking to myself like I don't think less of myself but I don't think I don't try to be cocky but I don't I know this isn't where I'm supposed to be like I don't mind doing hard work but there's there's that time like you're saying when you realize that you're wasting your time like all my other classmates that were going to Georgia Tech at the time while they're working they're sitting in an air-conditioned room feet propped up on the desk not working half the time they might be working eight hours I'm out here working 10 12 hours getting dirty every time you go through one of these things you got to throw your clothes away and it's like I'm doing this maybe for like eleven dollars and benefits maybe they're getting 15 20 and they just brag about it in my face and i have to sit there and be humble about it. and i'm like i don't have to hate what they have and i don't have to question why like i do have to question why i'm not able to do it and then also i've got to say what am i going to do about it and that's where um working with one of the guys that i went to school with he introduced me to motivation and then from there changing my mindset starting to read books like the first book that i read uh i thought i had it there but who moved my cheese i thought it was a, a fun 
funny title. And I was like, I really don't feel like reading. You got to read all these college books and all of that. And I read it and it was basically talking about dealing with change in your life and how you can't be so resistant to change when it comes, but you've got to be willing to see it, get up and go. Even if you don't know which direction you're going, you got to get moving. And then when you see somebody where you want to be, approach that person, even if they don't look like you, if they don't sound like you, if you're intimidated, it's like approach them with a sense of like, you want to become attractive. Like you see somebody attractive, you want to become attractive so that they can be attracted to you. Otherwise, it's like you don't want to just carry that stench that you carry on yourself. And every time I hear that statement, when people say, why does this group do this? I always say that's so surface. There's a lot of other things going on. And until you deal with somebody one on one, you're only going to see them as a group. And that that completely dismisses what a human is, because it's like out of all the other creatures in the world, like a human, a man, a woman is it's something very, very different. Like it doesn't matter if you're in a third world country, if you're in a first world country, you have entrepreneurs, you have nine to five workers, you have rich dads, you have poor dads, you have people that are in an helpless situations, they can't do anything about it. But then at the same time, in places where it seems like there's nothing, for example, in Dubai, they literally created a city in the desert, like multiple cities in the desert. So it's like based on what you see and what you're exposed to, I think that plays a huge role. And something like the morning meetup group, the prayer line that I got on, like if I gained anything from these, it's like being around people that don't just ask the question for like the choir to sing, just be like, oh yeah, oh, we're, oh, we're, we're getting worked so hard, but it's like, yes, that's happening to you. And then what, what are you going to do? How are you going to respond? I respect that, man. I, I respect that 1000%. Uh, Cause now you, you kind of not retracting it, but you opened it. You opened my eyes to, to another part of, I see exactly where you're at. It's, it's kind of like, if you look at African-Americans on VH1, all African-Americans don't act like that. Right. You know, throwing drinks and doing, so I get that. I respect that 1,000%, one, 1, man. I, I really do, because you're exactly right. Uh, it's what, a billion African-Americans on planet Earth? Right. And even even when we say the word African-American, I guess like we just met through the group in a like one minute, 30 second exchange. But like you and I, like we both live in Georgia, like I'm up in North Georgia. But me, I'm uh, how would I say like I'm I was born in Cameroon, West Africa, West Central Africa, moved here when I was seven, been in the States, pretty much grown up American. But like the African-American or the black American culture is different than the kind of culture that I, I grew up in. And I guess since going to college and getting out of college, I've made it a point to learn about it because I wasn't I wasn't exposed to it as well, or um, I didn't get the best exposure to it growing up. I got the negative parts. Like, of course, you grow up around certain people that have their prejudices. Like, of course, you have one when other black people say, oh, when, especially when you're talking about your own, I'm kind of like, unless you've done something specifically, that that statement, it hits home for me. So it's not whenever I just spoke up, I was like, I've got to say something on it because it's like, this is how I, I feel. Because I went into college with certain prejudices based on how I was treated in high school, how I was treated in middle school. And in some regards, it's like where I come from, at least the only time I've been back was back in 2015. And it's been a while. So before then, it'd been 18 years I'd been in the US and I hadn't been back to where I was born. So going in, I was basically a stranger. I was a 
foreign tourists, but going into the college environment, like certain people think because um, African-Americans born in America speak a certain way, that means they're not educated, which is not true because it's like back to the <clears throat> education piece. Education isn't just going to school. Right. Yes, you learn certain things. You can learn the Queen's English. You can do this and that. But if you don't know how to move about and have control of your life, you don't really know anything. You just know information. You parrot what you hear on the news. You parrot what you read in a book, but you never applied it. So if you never had applied anything, then you're just a conduit for somebody else's ideas and things. But if you never take the time to sit down and go through stuff, then it's almost like, what are you like, not to disrespect what people are, but it's like you lose that sort of reverence that you carry about yourself. And back to the thing, if you if you're the smartest person in the room, then it's like you're just stroking your own ego. You just show up where you can always lord your your knowledge over people and just be like, oh, I know this. I did this. I'm did it's like great. Like go start a whole town. If you really know all that, go build a country. Go do the things. Like I'm not saying that to insult, but it's like if you claim to know all these things, but you do none of them, you know none of them. Like you know of them, but you don't know them. Like, I think my dad had this sermon back in the day because I'm a preacher's kid. And uh, he had a thing saying that, like, every, a lot of people say they know Michael Jordan, but it's like, unless you've met Michael Jordan, unless you have a relationship with him, you don't really know him. You just know no, of him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it reminds me of a saying, imperfect action is way more effective than perfect inaction. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, if you have to get somewhere, but you don't know how to drive a car, but you just hop in the car and go. Mm-hmm. That's way more effective than you knowing how to drive the car. Yeah. <laughs> and you just sit down and say, I'm not going to drive because you're overthinking it. Right? right. You know too much, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, I correct. Or, hey, the uh, brakes. No, get it and go. So it is. I, I totally understand what you're saying, man. And, and that's that's exactly right. Uh, sometimes for me, mm-hmm. I got to where I met off of imperfect action. I, even to this day, I don't know everything about real estate because you, it's always something that you can learn. Right. Like for me, I I know how to I know of a subject to deal, but I don't really know how to do one. Mm-hmm. But for me, like what I made my first two deals to me that was life changing money. Mm-hmm. But I also know people it was life changing for me. It'd be life changing for them too, but in a bad way because to them that's a bad month. Mm. For me, it was almost like I hit the lottery. For them, yeah, it's like, man, I'm in panic mode. Like, I'm about to lose everything. Mm. And that's why I say, man, you need to know your freedom. And uh, you have to be around people who your best yeah. is their worst. Mm. Because eventually, your best will become your worst if you keep growing. Yeah, And, and that's why I think, man, it's so important to just be around people who's doing more than you and and being and and moving in a way that you would like to move. Yeah. And I and and that's the difference. Uh I know I hear a lot of people say, man, I need a mentor. You have to really define that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a mentor and a coach is two different things. And I think sometimes it get confused, you know, you, you really need a coach. Yeah. And you say you need a mentor and, and vice versa. Yeah. You really say you need a coach and you really need a mentor. Right, you right. Know, a mentor is somebody who's going to help you internally. Oh, you could do it. Let's do it. It's going to be inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. A coach is going to be like, hey, we're going to wake up at five in the morning and do these push ups, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or 
hey, what you're going to do is you need to sit down and go into the CRM and, and load all this into your CRM and then read this book. Mm. That's a coach. Yeah. You know, so I think it's very important to have at least one, if not both in your life. Yeah. Whether you're working nine to five or whether you, you're trying to do entrepreneurship, I think you need both. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I couldn't tell you how much money I have spent on courses and, and going to conferences, but the money that I've made, the money that I spent going, mm-hmm. I made three times over mm. because of the networking that took yeah. place. And man, you go to these conferences thinking you're going to learn everything. Mm-hmm. You really, you really get your money's worth if you walk away with one thing. Yeah. You know, you, you're not going to walk away with everything. You're just not. Right. But if you do walk away with one thing that can change the way you do business, then yeah. that conference paid for itself. Yeah, that one thing's probably everything. Right. And, and you're going to know it, too, because the whole time you're at a conference, yeah, the people talking is going to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. You know, just <laughs> wah, 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 yeah. It is. Yeah. And then... And then all of a sudden, you're going to hear clearly. And it's going to be that one thing that you, that one or two things that you needed to hear. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, boom, you just, I can go now. <laughs> yeah. You just reminded me of something because I, I was in putting this year back together and kind of planning out my day, planning out my week, planning out the month. I was thinking back to last year and like how I got off track. And I was like, I was doing too many things, but in re- in thinking on them and not remembering, um, trying to be present, like you just reminded me the one thing I got from a conference I went to last year was um, I think a, a relationship. So I've got to look back through my roll of decks and see in my notes that I took, did I save this person? person's number who I was having conversation with because then it's like I can learn from that person and the real estate thing may have to wait like I may need to put it on hold for the moment and then just focus on this continue developing relationships continue networking and then let that do what it's supposed to do versus trying to do all things and then you get none of them done yeah and that's to me, uh, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, people saying you're doing too much. You have to make that decision. Right. Because only you, you know, and I, I keep hating to go back to sports, but. Hey, man, yeah. I love it. It's, it's very relatable. <laughs> I mean, if you so, enjoy it, just be be yourself. Nobody's here judging you like, oh, I'm I'm not listening to you. It's like, no, <laughs> just doing this, the two of us. So, it, it, you know, like, OK, if I'm a coach and I have a quarterback, I know what I can put on his plate. Mm-hmm. Like even I, I'll take my son, for instance. Yeah, I know what I can put on his plate. Like, hey, either we're going to walk up here, we're going to do audibles and we're going to run certain plays or we're just going to run the simplest plays ever. We're just going to do a sweep here yeah. and a pass here. That's how you have to look at life. Like, can I handle the audibles mm-hmm. and change it up? Or do I just need the simple plays? Meaning, let me just do this one thing here. Yeah. And then when I get this up and going, I can go to something else. Some people work best that way. Yeah. Other people can do, hey, I'm going to do this right now. And then at three o'clock, I'm going to mm-hmm. switch it to this. Yeah. And then at six o'clock, I'm going to switch it to this. And then at nine o'clock, I'm going to switch it to this. Yeah. You know, and, but you have to know you. Don't mm-hmm. let don't let nobody else tell you what you can and can't do. So if you feel like, yo, I was doing too much, then you're going to be most effective by you saying, it. Mm-hmm. man, I was doing too much. Let me back it down. And, and I'm going to go about it this way. Yeah. That's going to be most effective. Now, if you say, 
hey, so-and-so was telling me I was doing too much. There's going to be something inside of you that's going to be wanting to do more. Yeah. And you're going to be frustrated because you're listening to this person. Right. And you're just sitting here twiddling your thumbs doing this one thing. But there's going to be something inside of you that's saying, yo, you you actually could be doing this and this and this, too. Yeah. And it's going to be like you can't uncage it mm-hmm. because you're listening to somebody else. Right. So understand you. Right. And, w- and when you understand you, man, it doesn't matter if it's a a, a, a mom or dad, a spouse, yeah. a girlfriend, boyfriend, family member. Like you, you're going to have to do it your way, man. You only get one shot at this thing. Right. Only one. And I would much rather go down swinging the bat at the pitches I want to swing at. Mm-hmm. Then somebody telling me to sit up there and don't swing. And then next thing you know, I, I just struck out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to strike out by not swinging the bat. Yeah. If I'm going to strike out, I'm swinging at what I think I can hit home runs at, and that's it, man. So uh, it, it, it speaks volume of you that you realize that because a lot of people don't like looking in that mirror, man. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Uh, a lot of people like having that press conference after they done won a game. Nobody mm. likes having that press conference after they lost. Mm. And you got to sit up there. You got to talk to the people when you lose them games, too. Right. You know, and uh, me and my cousin, my cousin Kyle, we have this thing that we say, you know, you got to stand at that podium. Mm. And, you know, all the, if you look, <laughs> there, there's coaches that just they be frustrated when they lose, man. But you rah, rah, rah mm. when you win and you got to have yeah. the same. And so, you know, and I and we and it's funny because we call each other out on it. And he was actually the one who introduced me to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, believe it or not. Mm. Now, if you look at our DMs, you look yeah. at our text messages, you would think we hate each other. Yeah. And it's actually nothing but love. And uh, I remember 2009. Uh, Wells Fargo mm-hmm. had just came out with this thing. It's huge now, but they had just came out with this thing called Way to Save. Mm-hmm. And Way to Save is when you swipe your debit card and a dollar goes into a savings account, right? Yeah, yeah. And and Kyle was real big on it. He was just like, cuz, yo, you gotta do this way to save Wells Fargo. If you ain't enrolled in it, like, man, I got like two grand. I ain't even realized I had because I was just swiping my card. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, see, like me, you swiping your card a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, nah, man, you ain't listening. Like, man, I'm just telling you, like, it's a cool way to save money. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yo, I tell you what, man, you really need to get this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, man. Like, you need to really read it. Yeah. I tell you what, man, I went, I bought the book Mm -hmm. because I felt like it was just cool to have the book around. You know, a girl may walk into into the house (laughs) and be like, oh, you're reading. I probably didn't read that book, man, until about four years later. (laughs) So we're looking at about 2013, 2014, man, when I yeah. really read the book. Had the book for about four years. Yeah. It was just a decoration, just so I would appeal more intellectual when, when a female walked in. Oh, this man's and, uh, going places. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it was what it was. But uh, like I said, when I really read it, Mm-hmm. It, it was life changing. Mm-hmm. It was life changing, man. So I think, man, everybody has a rich dad, poor dad story. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think it's an entrepreneur alive that doesn't have a rich dad, poor dad story. Yeah, that's powerful. I get one thing. Uh, I like you kept bringing up freedom over and over again. I know we're recording this during Black History Month, but one question that kind of came to my mind last weekend was: um, I 
don't think people consider what slavery is outside of black history. Not only the fact that black people weren't the only slaves. I know in America, it's like that's what we focus on because they're the longest held slaves. But it's like outside of that, if you understand what freedom really is and whether you have it or not, you might be a slave if you're not your head coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you uh, is. Man, I can go all day on this one. Uh, I don't know if you know John Henry Clark. Like it's somebody who I listen. It's somebody who I listen to probably religiously, man. You can go to YouTube and find out everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, find some. Find just about all his his I guess talks. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the Atlanta slave trade, man. It was it wasn't the first. It was just it's just the most known. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was white people who were slaves. Yeah, it was Indians who were slaves. Uh, and, and when you go back into the grand scheme of things of how slavery came about. You know, really, Africans turned on Africans. Yeah. Actually, uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it it was in the Caribbeans as far as Africans go. You know, they went to the Caribbeans first. Yeah. And then the Americans, Americas. Yeah. And so, but you have to now think. And I know you didn't ask me this question, but it it it, it bounces off of my why now. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right when you say being in chains. It's not the only way to be a slave. You can sell drugs and the drug dealer can be a slave. Mm. You can do drugs and the drug user can be a slave. Yeah. You can go shopping and the consumer can be a slave. Yeah. You can work a nine to five and you are a slave. Slavery is not only physical, but it's also mentally too. Yeah. You can mentally be a slave to something. Right. You can be a slave to a person without it being you know, balls and chains. A pimp will tell you firsthand, anybody can control a woman's body, but a pimp can control a woman's mind. Mm. That woman is now a slave to that pimp. Yeah. So, but for me, that's actually where my why comes from. i never forget, it wasn't that long ago. It was probably, man, honestly, probably about four months ago. It really mm. wasn't that long ago. I was sitting back there in the man cave and I'm real big on energy and spirits, mm-hmm. mainly because I, I I study Africa a lot, which is mm-hmm. why I say I recommend John Henry Clark. Gotcha. Uh, so like I said, that, that's why I said man, I, I can do this all day. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I I really and truly, but I don't do religion. Yeah. Uh, I think religion and politics is something that just divides us, just like race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there's a God. And that's yeah. as far as I'm going to go with, with, with saying, as far as talking that, because I don't want to turn it into a, a religious podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will say, I believe there's a God because I understand I can't make water. Right. <laughs> I can't make a tree. <laughs> so there's something out there that's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember I was back there one night and I felt something, man. And I just started, I meditate and do affirmations every night, every morning. Mm -hmm. And I remember being there, sitting there, and I just started thinking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, it was really and truly two people, a man and a woman, who came over on a ship. And some people decided, hey, I'm going to die before I go over there and be a slave. Some people said, man, I'm going to jump over here and just drown Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to be able to do this. And some people just didn't survive because they just didn't survive. Mm-hmm. But there was a man and a woman who said, you know what? We're going to survive. 
And maybe one day we might see it and we may not see it, but maybe one day somebody or a group or somebody in our family will be able to change everything. Mm -hmm. Do I feel like I can change everything? No, but I do feel like I owe it to those two people who I've never met who got me here to where I am today Mm. because they could have easily said, you know what, man, we're going to jump over the side of this ship Mm. or I'm going to run away so I know you will kill me or I'm going to do something so I know you will hang me and I don't have to deal with this anymore. Mm. For some reason, I don't know, but for some reason, this man and this woman came over and survived long enough for me to get here. I owe that to them to to be every single thing I could be. I, I owe it to them. Yeah. Is my son a factor? Yeah. Is my wife a factor? Yeah. My mom? Yeah. But what really gets me is that, damn, it could have really went left. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here if those two people on that ship didn't make the choice to do that. Yeah. And that's how I'm here. Right. And I owe it to them because if it weren't for that, none of this matters anyway. Yeah. And that's where my why comes from. And maybe they had the mentality of I'm a slave, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know if you ever seen the movie uh crap, uh uh Zulu movie, uh Shaka Zulu. Mm, I don't and, think and Shaka Zulu says in this movie, he Shaka Zulu was a king mm-hmm. and white man came over England and befriended him and yeah. Shaka Zulu they it was all friendly. And he wanted Shaka Zulu to go to, to England with him. And Shaka Zulu yeah. said, hey, if I go there, am I a king? Yeah. And white man was like, uh, I don't know. Probably, you know, we have our own king, you know, and queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, no, no matter where I go, I'm a king. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have your own king or not. It doesn't, right. I don't care. I'm not going to try to overthrow them, but I'm a king too. Mm-hmm. And I would be treated as one. And they was like, well, nah, you know, we, we don't know. Like, nah, he was like, no. Yeah. No matter where I go, I am a king. Mm. And, and he went down with that mindset the whole time. And that's, you have to have that kind of mindset. Like, no matter what happens out there, yeah. I am who I am. My name is my name. I am who I am. Mm. And I appreciate them two people, man, for, for doing that. Because uh, they could have easily, they could have easily said, forget this. Yeah. You know, I'm in a totally different land. I don't know. Nah. You got me eating all this crap. Nah. And that's my why. That's that's where my why comes from, man. Because it when you said there's more ways to be enslaved, uh, that's that's something that resonated with me because you can be enslaved and actually be free. Mm-hmm. You can be free and actually enslaved. Yeah. So I appreciate them for having the mindset that they had. That's good. I, I like how you, you responded to that. And I guess as, as a follow-up, um, one question I, I like to ask is, who do you say you are? I am a lot of things that are good, and I'm a lot of things that are bad. I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. I'm caring. I'm a father. I'm a husband. But I also could be a better friend. I could be a better husband. I could be a better father. I'm a lot of things and I'm me. And I can't say I'm just one thing Mm -hmm. because I'm so much more than one thing. So for me, that's who I am. I'm a lot of things. And a lot of things make me good. And a lot of things that make me bad. (laughs) And But the one thing is that I own all of it. That's awesome. If you want to shout out anything or let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, man. Uh, you can follow me, TJ, at uh, T underscore Jamar. 
man, feel free to DM me. If I can help, I don't have a course to sell or anything like that. Uh, but man, if I can help you with anything, uh, real estate wise, stock wise, uh, it just hit me up, man. No problem at all. I, I, I'll give you some direction to some people who probably know more than I do. <laughs> so man, it's been, it's been an honor, man. I really awesome. truly appreciate this. 